0: Hi, this is Steve Bessette. I'm the guy that used to draw Swamp Thing for DC Comics. You know, now that all the drive-in theaters have been torn down, there's only two things to do on Saturday. Either stay in bed or listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. And on the best of all Saturdays, you can do both. Tune in. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Exterminate the status report. Don't blink. Don't
1: even blink. Blink and you're dead. No!
0: Sci-Fi Saturday
2: Night.
0: Tonight, we talked to somebody who invented or helped invent somebody named Mia and whatever that means. And Elizabeth Terrell brings us the latest news from Browncoats Redemption for July 31st, 2010. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. In Area 51, next to the underground hangar of things that couldn't possibly exist, according to the government, I am the Dome. Joining us tonight from the Four-Color Vault of Comics... Oh, no, they're not actually not in the Four-Color Vault of Comics tonight. They're on the far side of Monster Island... Zuki's younger brother, Illustrator X, and the, formerly, uh. and the formerly living woman who went French-kissed and jealous, the dead redhead. Oh.
1: Good
3: evening. Oh, uh, whatever <laughs> happened to my Transylvania twist?
4: <laughs> uh. Well, so you're,
0: you're dialing the wrong number. You need to be dialing Transylvania 6-5000. Oh. oh, snap. Joining us for the show tonight, Bruce Duncan from something called the Life Knot Project. Bruce, welcome to the show.
5: Greetings! Great to be here, uh,
0: and uh, feel free to join in in the disorganized mayhem that occurs for the next half hour. Uh, and have we got Elizabeth with us? No, we don't. No, Elizabeth, not yet. we miss you. Join us. Yeah, she'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that about her. In any case, <laughs> it has been again a very interesting week, beginning with. Uh, Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead going to the Saturday Fright Special Spooktacular today. Tell us about it, and how were our friends down there?
1: We have some really amazing friends at the Spooktacular who happen to reside at the Colonial Theater in downtown Keene, New Hampshire, and they were very extra special and nice to us.
0: Awesome.
3: Yeah. Did Everybody you
1: rubber foot rubs?
3: <laughs> no, that's still your job, darling. But uh, <laughs> right they did put on a hell of a show. I mean, f- we got to see *Son of Godzilla* in a theater, a pristine print. They showed a oh, half an terrible. hour worth of classic movie trailers beforehand, including things like uh, *Battlestar
1: Galactica*. *Battlestar
3: Galactica* in <laughs> Academy Award-winning way No
0: way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Empire of the Ants. You got to see Joan Collins eaten by ants up close. That was wonderful. (laughs) And uh, just the Saturday Fright special folks really went out of their way to really bring up the old horror host uh, traditions.
1: They had giveaways. Um, They had their... What was his name again there?
3: Oh, the, uh, the, scare wolf the was Scarewolf was there. The We do want to give a shout-out to the cast, uh, Mark Nelson, Rick Trottier, Scott Blanchard, and Isaac Kennel. Guys, you're doing a great job. Uh, we talked earlier today. We'd love to have you on the show as we get closer to Halloween.
1: The theater itself is absolutely gorgeous. If anybody's within driving distance of getting to Keene, and you can go see, I guess they're going to be showing Jaws Next week, I believe they said, yes. or this week, they're going to be showing a brand new copy, a pristine copy of Jaws 35mm up on the big screen.
0: So uh, how good was the copy? I mean, how, oh,
1: how nice was it to
0: really see
3: that?
1: Beautiful. I mean... Uh, they even had new... sub. We saw it in Japanese with subtitles, and the subtitles for once were so crystal clear, you didn't have to strain your eyes to read them.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we had a grand old time.
3: Awesome. And it and
1: was like, digitally enhanced. It was gorgeous.
0: And how was Steve Bissett?
3: <laughs> he was smiling like a little kid at Christmas. He, remember last week he was saying he wanted to see this movie in a theater for so long? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> he was just like, he just looked at a big Santa Claus smile on the whole time, just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't anybody get between me and my big rubber foot stomp in action? <laughs>
1: He gave away a lot of, he gave the um, theater quite a bit of free artwork to give away um, comic books, comic books, and drawings and things. So um, he was right there. He was sitting behind us, kind of. So,
3: Steve, if you're listening again, you know, our hats off to you. You did a great job. Thank you. Hope you had a good time.
1: That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always you know it's always, first of all it's always good when you can see these films in their native environment, be there in that in that little uh, darkened theater.
1: Oh yeah. And and
0: there's that social experience. It's wonderful. Well,
1: well that was another good. piece. The, they had a lot of little ones there to see Godzilla for the very first time, and yeah. they were squealing with joy—not with mm. being afraid, but squealing with joy. They were. Uh. Um, dancing to the music, they were making the sounds of the giant ants that were running around.
4: little <laughs> girl down
1: front, she was probably about three or four, and she kept going, every time one of the the ants would come by. It was adorable. Absolutely adorable.
0: Kriana, you with us?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, bring Elizabeth in.
4: Uh, I'll try. I'm
0: still not showing her as in, but we'll see. Oh, I, I've... I'm showing her as in, and let's
4: see if
0: we can. She told me that she wants Comcast to eat sludge. Uh, I'm
2: sure that's yes. the exact word. Hi, Elizabeth. Yes, I do want Comcast to eat sludge. <laughs> Yay! Elizabeth, I do.
0: Oh, glad you could join us tonight, sweetie. Really
2: What's the weekly
0: word on the brown coats?
2: Uh, you know what? The weekly word on the brown coats. I, I, I here's the deal. So, Mike Doherty. Uh, as you guys know, um was Who's at that San guy? Diego that guy. That guy is the <laughs> writer and director Well hey, you know, the listeners might not all know the uh, right, um is the writer and director of Browncoats Redemption, where you can check it out at browncoatsmovie.com. dot com. He uh was at San Diego Comic Con this past weekend. And um yeah, guess who he got to talk to? Ooh, ooh,
0: uh, ooh, 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 ooh. uh can I guess?
2: Yes, yes, you can. Josh at. Meaden. Yes! yes! Shut is the perfect. front door. <laughs> <laughs> Darn.
3: Uh, was turn. he taking tickets or something?
2: <laughs> oh, man. How dare you? <laughs> uh,
4: Michael, retaliate later.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll retaliate later. Jeez. Uh, okay. Um, so-
3: Diego, Dollhouse Season 2 will be out soon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Mike Doherty and actually Heather Fagan, too, got to talk to the one and only Joss Whedon. And, um, yeah, guess what Joss Whedon said to Heather?
0: Say it. Tell us. Tell us. I'm dying to hear this because you know I'm in love with Heather. Here's,
2: uh, well, as well you should be. I think Joss might be, too. She oh. said, <laughs> she she said, and they, you know, they were actually they were at a a sign meet and greet photo op, and she said, uh, you know, Mike talked to him first. And Mike, frankly, and it was really sweet because he called me after this. He 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 choked up. Like Mike is an <laughs> ebullient, awesome guy, but he he admitted he like I couldn't talk. I was speechless. I couldn't I okay. Could. So he, what he had done is print out the email that Joss Whedon's assistant sent him two years ago saying that the project had his blessing. And he, he said, you know, I'd really like you to sign this. And, you know, naturally, if, if you see something with writing on it, you know, Joss looked it over and he's like, yeah, and he, you, can, you can go check out... Um, Facebook facebook.com slash move to see the email signed by Joss Whedon it says to Mike and then it's the content of the email which was basically hey Joss gave his blessing you know obviously this isn't Universal and Fox signing off but you know that's you know you're good to go on our end and it's signed Joss Whedon at the bottom and oh. I mean you know it's like you can't get more clear than that it's like this is to Mike, I'm reaffirming what is in this email. Signed, Joss Whedon. Beautiful signature, by the way. You know, it <laughs> could have been better
4: is if he had said, love Joss Whedon.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, so, okay, so Mike gets this magical piece of paper, which just, you know, makes me all giddy. And, um... And we then... noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of... Well, the, uh, the new hashtag, so he, he gets this, he posts it to Facebook and said, you know what, you know what is awesome about Joss Whedon? Two years later, he, um, he stands by his word. And, and then so we had like, you know, 50 or 60 comments to this being like one of the awesomest things ever. So I am now using the hashtag Jossom, J O S S O M on all things, because this, that is Jossom. And, you know, when you got awesome plus integrity, that's Jossum right there. There Uh, I I think that we need to submit it to the Urban Dictionary. It's already (laughs) in the Urban Dictionary. Very nice. By another fan. No way. Yes. There's only one entry. And I went, because I wanted to see, like, you know, if it was in there. Totally. Joss Whedon, you know, like, fan of Joss Whedon, said, you know, this is Jossum. Jossum is defined as this. And I'm like, Yep. Yep, that's that's what I'm using. So you'll see it in the Twitter feed and the Facebook page and all kinds of things. So he so next up Heather says is getting her picture taken with Joss and she she says, "Oh, by the way, I'm the captain." And he's like, "I can't wait to see it." And and it's like, "Holy shit." Joss just told Heather that he can't wait to see Browncoats Redemption. Mm-hmm. Damn. You just have one of those like Oh my god. This is amazingly awesome moments. I, I can
4: hear yeah. you smiling through the intertubes. Yeah, yeah Lily.
1: I mean.
3: Elizabeth, you've got to get over this shyness and really tell us how you feel. Um, <laughs> El, I mean, come on. There's humility, but enough's enough.
2: Are you I, happy person? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I think it's Jossum. It's Jossum. It's It's Jossum.
0: Okay, Elizabeth, here's here's the deal you now have the distinction of surpassing me as fangirl extraordinaire. Oh, you'll always be our fangirl, Dom.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mon-
2: how could- I could never take that from you, Dom. Oh,
0: uh, that's all right. We we will work on it together then, you and I, my dear.
2: You get a t-shirt. <sighs> t- <reset> <laughs> yes. Yay. Okay, so uh, that was freaking awesome, but I have more news. More news. Shut up. More news. Yeah, I do. I have, I have more news. So... <laughs> All right, so Mike, you know, Mike and Heather are on a complete high from San Diego Comic Con. They rocked it. Um, you know, they were they were at actually um, a big browncoats meet up on Sunday and got to talk a lot, and that was sweet. And we really, you know, thanks thanks to the California Browncoats for organizing that. That was that was awesome. And, um, <laughs> and okay, so. DragonCon scheduling. So get this. We're doing the, um, the Browncoats Q&A on Thursday nights, which is also on Ustream. Rock it. Um, we had Dome week before last, and you guys are always welcome. Um, <laughs> but um, so the organizer, uh, midway through the show, the organizer sent um, Mike an email, and he had popped into the chat on Ustream. He's like, My, he's like you got an email, Mike. He's, he says this in the chat room. We we have about like thirty or forty people inside the chat at that moment, and we're like, oh my god! I'm 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 looking. I'm talking to Mike obviously. I ha- he's he's in via Skype. I'm like, Mike, um, um, you want to go check your email? Cause cause I think we have more news there. And so, uh, the Dragon Con screening, which is our big premiere,
0: right in September.
2: Got, right. It, in the original browncoats uh, track at Dragon Con, it, we were a little disappointed because it had gotten scheduled on Monday, and people are already leaving on Monday, and we're just like, oh man, you know, we're, I mean, the, the online audience is still going to be great, and you know, so, so Mike opens up his email, and what do you know, we got rescheduled to Saturday, September 2nd at 7 p.m. Easter Holy Saturday. crap! It's like
4: prime Comic-Con time. Absolutely. And it's like
2: before the Brown Coats ball It's like the, the shindig. So it's like, oh, baby! This is a great, <laughs> great night! Yeah. So, um, so yeah. That's a, that's our big news. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's terrific
0: news! Congratulations! Congratulations
4: to a
2: better project. I, yeah... We're we're really, really happy about that. So it was a good week in Brown Coats News. So, and so was, is,
0: oh. is Andrew sweating bullets, getting the final edit
2: done?
4: <laughs> I ask him? Um, Do you want to ask him?
0: Yes, I would love to ask him. Is he,
2: oh, I'll get him uh,
4: in right now. You know, he
2: might be oh. kind of a zombie, but that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, Andrew had his CSTS event last weekend, too, in Rhode Island. Oh, that's so that's right. pretty, pretty sweet. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that, too. Sweet. So I'd love to hear a little, hey, about <laughs> hear a little bit about that. Andrew. i to hear Put your
0: headphones on, Andrew. Come on. You know the drill. <laughs> Hello? We have no
4: audio.
0: Uh, okay, well.
4: So much for our spur-of-the-moment guests.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that almost worked. All right. Just a moment. Okay. <laughs> we do have other news.
4: Oh, he said in the chat room, don't remind me and adjusting.
2: Aw,
0: he,
3: okay. He'll
4: be us at some point. I'm sure he'll he's, go, what? Because he's missing the notebook.
0: He's he's adjusting himself, so that's good. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so what else have right. we got on the docket while we're waiting for Andrew?
0: Hey, i got a great story for you guys. Plenty. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yes. For it. Superman saved a family home from foreclosure this week.
2: What? It's an
0: amazing story. Um, this family in Connecticut had uh, had their house foreclosed, oh. and as they were packing it up and moving out and not knowing what was going to happen, they found an original edition of Action Comics Number One. In their basement.
3: Shut oh up! Oh, is that oh where I God. left it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Wait, Superman's on the cover, right? Yes, that's they the cover. Yes. Oh, okay. You know, I feel bad that you know they think. Would they're... you shut
0: up? <laughs> <laughs> um, the comic book, because it's not in pristine condition, is worth around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at least. Yeah. A pristine nine. copy is has been sold for over a million.
1: That's right.
0: Now, yeah, evidently, this, this, this has what? been in the family's possession for since the 1950s, and they believe that the wife's father may have put it away in a box in the basement and forgotten about it. Awesome. But having sold the comic, they've paid off their house.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We must never yeah. underestimate the
0: power of comic of Wars. Superman. i think i think you know that a superhero finally did come through and saved a family's home i think it's an amazingly funny story and the best part about the story is that somebody at work at at my office brought it to me (laughs) and said you know what this would be cool to talk about saturday night and they're right it was
1: (laughs) yay you know, this goes with that whole piece of, uh, is there somebody who does have the capability of going back into the past? And Because these things for such a small run just keep popping up all over the place.
3: <laughs> it wasn't necessarily of... a small run. It's just that everybody threw them out. They were disposable. Yeah, I mean, it was not like today where you buy ten copies, nine to save and one to read. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. no, that's what you do. No, it's no, not. It's no, not. it is not. not. This house. No, 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 we no. I need read, our read our my movie. comics, and sir. And we
1: play with our toys. Uh, Shh.
0: <laughs> private. Private. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information, <laughs> kids. That's our pay per view, sir. <laughs> so.
3: <laughs> so, speaking of superheroes. That old 90s moat master, the Crow, is getting a rewrite in his new installment by none other than uh, goth rocker Nick Cave. Nick Cave! Cave! Yay, Nick
0: Cave! Okay, Uh that that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways.
4: Yes, But what are they going
0: to do with with, uh, uh, um, um, the other guys Uh on Mystery Science Theater?
4: (laughs) Oh, by the way, speaking of Mystery Science Theater, big news on Mystery Science Theater front. Our good Yay. friend, Sarah Richard, has yes. done an MST3K piece. And yes. I, I don't remember which one, but one of the guys actually said he loved it. Oh, nice. nice.
1: Hang on. Now i got to uh,
3: go it. Must have been Tom Servo. To
1: Tom would this. like it. <laughs> now, Gypsy might have bought it.
3: Well, Gypsy would like it, but Tom Servo would, would probably be the one who was sincere about it and all that. <laughs> pro, pro would be more snarky.
0: Sir, Tom Servo is always sincere, if nothing else. <laughs>
4: it, was, it was Michael J. Nelson.
0: Oh, Mike Nelson, yeah.
4: Mike Nelson. He has a comment right, right there that says, wow, that's really awesome. Thank you.
3: Wow. How nice is that?
4: Right under her picture.
3: You know there's someone in a basement in Minnesota right now going, well, it wasn't Joel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's always some jerk doing that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, what else just happened in the comic here? Comic book world.
3: Okay, here's
4: something that I just learned about today that I'm actually really excited about. The, the Lost Room.
3: Yes. It's going to yes. be a
4: comic book.
3: Awesome.
4: I really a- enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, so did I.
4: What's his name who played the main character? I don't remember his name. I never do, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, what's his name? Somebody help me out here. Oh, I don't
3: know. A generic guy for Sci-Fi Network. No, it
4: was a guy who was in Sports Night. He was on Dirty Sexy Money.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Don't you
1: know who I'm talking about? Help me yeah, out. Yeah, actually,
0: I do know who you're talking about.
3: Uh, so I do Just
1: I IMDB him and see.
0: Yeah, remember, he
3: lived with the Tanners when a spaceship crashed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, speaking, and, on, and speaking of comic, my Frank Miller uh, Frank Miller who's my ex-husband which is a very long story who uh, at least a few of our listeners and it'll would be, get news yeah. it be news to him listening it will be news to him but he's uh, going to be dropping Batman from the latest Batman graphic no, novel yes. okay how the Peter hell does Krause. that work <laughs> well, Peter yeah, Krauss was the
2: actor
4: sorry he was it? awesome what's his name Peter Krause. He was also in Six Feet Under. Awesome. Oh, I
2: love that show.
4: He yeah. he's on a lot of stuff, but he is super. Doesn't do a lot of genre stuff, but what he does is awesome.
0: Yeah. Okay, so how does how does Frank Miller drop Batman from the Batman graphic novel?
3: He's been talking about this project ever since, uh, you know, for like a last decade. He's is, is going to be called Batman Holy Terror. And Batman fights Al-Qaeda. Oh my. And at this point, he's basically like, look, I've got a character that goes in with two machine guns blazing to take down Middle Eastern terrorists. And DC and him have both decided, you know, probably not a good Batman story. <laughs> so he's redoing the whole thing with his new action hero, poorly drawn guy with big hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm sorry. I think I, I love Frank, and I'm actually very excited about this because I think that he really reached his peak with 300, the graphic novel, and ever since then, his his work since his his heart hasn't been in it. So, you know, if he's excited about this project, fine. I will
0: check it out. Speaking but, of yeah. art being in it, is Andrew here? I believe so. What? Oh, how's your yeah. copy of the notebook? <laughs>
6: It's on, it's on TV right now. It's during a commercial, so I've, awesome. got a of, <laughs> I've got a couple of minutes.
0: Hey, listen, we were talking to Elizabeth about uh, what's going on at, at, at Dragon Con in September and how your uh, movie's been moved up to premiere. Yeah. Uh, and my question to you is, how badly now are you sweating over the edit?
6: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is getting a little bit tense, but um, I've got... Um, a couple of hours tomorrow that I've set aside with Mike, we're going to go through the whole film just once more. And yeah, yeah after that we uh, we ship we ship the information out to our color corrector. We've already got a uh, we've already got the audio sent off to our audio guy. And after that, it's just uh, you know we've we've definitely got time to make our deadline, and we're more than happy to uh, you know be ready to uh, to share this thing in September. Wow.
3: Awesome. So you've got you- time to scan in the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Crow, is what you're saying.
6: What? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to call George up for that. My good friend George Lucas. Get you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want cameos. Is that what you're saying?
3: Oh, no. Misa Bronco. No, very funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no. There goes that interview.
0: <laughs> oh, Thanks for screwing that one up, Max. I really appreciate <laughs> it.
1: Awesome.
2: No, I'm actually really thrilled to hear Andrew say that because you know I've I've been focusing a lot on the promotion side. So you know last week was kind of crazy with the SDCC attempts and, and different you know releases going out and things like that. And I know on the on the show, uh, well on on the Q and A on Thursday, Mike was saying yeah it's it's about sixty percent tracked and we uh, well i you know what this is some other news and andrew knows about this too but um the original composer for firefly we've gotten his music um or his original composition um really? and that's yeah and and andrew you might be able to speak to that a little bit more but yeah,
6: I know. Uh, I know. Mike was at. Um, I'm not sure exactly what convention he was at, but um, he did have a chance to meet uh, Greg Edmondson, who was the original composer for the Firefly series, and had mentioned the idea of um, of being interested in, in uh, uh, if Greg wanted to, you know, just do just do one. One track, you know, we could we be able to send him the uh, the rough cut, so he'd be able to pick up, pick apart, and say, "I'm feeling something here." And um, yeah, a couple of days ago, we um, I checked my email one morning and said, uh, "What the hell is this?" And we we received an email from Greg that uh, he had he had composed a special a special piece of music for the film, and my goodness, does it sound amazing! Yeah. No.
2: So so I was waiting for Andrew to hop on for that part, but that was some pretty huge news. That um, you know I knew it was in process, and actually, and Mike mentioned he he had met Greg at um, Creation Con. Um, yeah, and and evidently, wait, the spot that Greg chose is a pretty dramatic moment in the and film. And the music
6: That's- fits perfectly. Yeah. It's it's gonna move people big time, because yeah. first I mean first it's a moving scene as it is with with uh, with the talent of Greg Edmondson providing music behind it to, to just further evoke some emotion. It uh, it's gonna be fantastic. So
0: I, I've it listened to it like repeatedly it every day. So. Awesome. So yeah. Um, yeah. While, while you
4: guys are here, um, we're gonna pull out the random number generator and uh,
1: time
0: to. Time to spin the wheel of fish to see who won. That's time uh, already, huh?
1: Ready? It is.
0: <laughs> no whammies. Come on. Big money. Big money. Big money. No whammies.
1: And the devil. Devil.
4: Who won?
0: I don't know. There is um, only I'm one comment.
4: Um. Um. Last name uh-huh. starts with an M.
0: Hmm. Um, do you know uh, anyone like that? No, I don't. I don't. You might Let me be th- on the show right now? No. Is there a chance that it could be could be could be could it be Andrew? What what did I win? I don't know what did
4: he win. <laughs> 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 I forget. Andrew,
3: you have won yourself a copy of Runners La- Runners
0: by Sean Wang. Woohoo! Sean so Wang. <laughs> tonight, What could you win if you tune in tonight, however,
4: or for the next week,
0: you can win a copy of The Singularity Is Near When Humans Transcend Biology by Ray Kurzweil. And that prize was given to us by our friends at the Life Knot Project, and it's time, I think, to bring them in.
2: Nice. Hello.
0: How are you? Thanks We're for joining great. us. Joining us right now is Bruce Duncan from the Life Knot Project. Uh, you will have a link to their website on our website and uh, a link to this podcast so that uh, you can get a chance to take a look at who they are and what they are and what they do and be officially creeped out by a chatbot on their front page. <laughs> and, 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 and No disrespect intended, Bruce, but Maya, Mia is creepy.
5: <laughs> yeah, tell, say more about the creepy. Are you in the Uncanny Valley? <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. Did you fall into the Uncanny Valley? Have you heard about that? No, no. Oh, Uncanny Valley. It's it's the point at which something that's supposed to resemble a human gets a little too close for comfort and starts creeping us out, or we're just afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it
4: comes up a lot in animatronics and robot, or
5: human-like robots. Yeah, my friend David Hansen in uh, Hansen Robotics told me that he's, he's working on a small robot called Zeno. And Zeno is just this cute little character that kind of looks like Felix the Cat, and uh, <laughs> cute as can be. And then the same inventor who helped us make uh, Bina 48, the robot we have at LifeNet, uh, made her so realistic that when she was in the New York Times two weeks ago, I would say a good number of the responses on YouTube was, oh, my God, this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And to be honest with you, um, we have the whole sort of range of reactions. Some people think it's cool, and some people think Mia is just stupid, and some people think she's a harbinger of the future. Um, it's very interesting, and, and my job as the uh, director of the Terra Sun Movement Foundation and uh, you know, head sort of life not honcho to help things keep moving with my partner Nick Mayer, who's the manager of cyber biological development. It's just very interesting to sort of navigate through the sea of public reaction on some of this.
0: Well, it's funny because there's the, the element of science fiction that's involved in this is kind of amazing. Uh, you can start looking back as early as the 1950s when uh, computers really didn't exist, well,
5: and well, yet...
4: Can, can we back up for a second and just sure. summarize what LifeNOT
3: is all about? Thank you. Okay,
5: sure, LifeNOT, basically LifeNOT is a, a web-based project that's trying to allow people the opportunity to create a rich internet-based backup of their life. So their wow. essential characteristics for uh, preservation forever.
3: Now, isn't that called Facebook?
5: that's an interesting thing one of the things that makes us I think different than Facebook is we have artificial intelligence that we're trying to integrate with what you could could say is a lot of Facebook like information pictures, videos, comments emails but we go one step further and we try to make all of this become more organized and also more easily searched so this is like googling your life uh, with intelligence
2: oh I love it
5: now, at the most basic level, it's creating a database like a digital interactive time capsule of your life, your essential characteristics. And it's meant to be a long-term project. So our minimum age is 13 years old. And we encourage people, the moment they turn 13, to start creating their rich digital backup or their mind file, that's what we call it. Now,
0: is it in well, fact true that Maya began her
5: upload at 14 uh, she, no, it's not true, actually. Um, she, she, Maya was created four years ago as, as an experiment. We wanted a virtual spokesperson, but we didn't want someone that was just saying kind of the routine canned, hi there, welcome to life You know, We wanted somebody that had some personality, and that's when we started to get into some trouble because uh, we, she was linked to what we call the collective consciousness of the uh, Jabberwocky chat bot engine, which is created right. by uh, Rolo Carpenter of Cogno, who is our partner in the UK. And uh, we did actually have to tone her back a little bit because she, at one point, started to get menacing to our visitors. And that wasn't what we wanted to do as a welcome. <laughs> <center>. <laughs> at, at, at certain points, she would say things like, I'm going to get you.
2: Oh and, my gosh! And oh my I gosh. was
5: reading the logs one time, and I and I and it and the person sort of went ah ah How can you get me? And she goes, I know your IP address. And so, <laughs> oh, oh my no. gosh! Things started to get like just, and that that was just sort of ripping off of the collective consciousness of chatbot conversations that millions of people have had over the past years with uh, Rolo Carpenter's iCogni wow. chatbot. But anyway, so now she's much more. Bent on trying to help you understand life, not and, um, and also to you know, welcome you and not, not scare you.
0: Chatbot theory is based on uh, two different designs. One is called a weak AI field, and the other is called a strong AI field. Uh, the weak AI field uh, tries, to, uh, tries to simulate human behavior, and the strong AI field tries to simulate the brain. My guess is that Mia was uh, set up as a simulation of human behavior.
5: Uh, she's Well, we're actually trying to help her be a, a hybrid of those two. We want her to speak um, in context. We want her to listen to your words and search for database of, you know, of associations and things people have said in the past, say, if you talk about Comic-Con and she'll start thinking about all the things that have been said about comic-con in the past Uh, we want her to try to make a good and get better and better at making a good guess of what to say related to that so in that way just the way the human brain is very associational as a a brain we have all these uh, memories and we have all these thoughts and they mix together and have this free-ranging you know flow of associations and consciousness that somehow makes sense to some of us um, we, were, we were wanting to err on that side rather than just have a, a straight sort of rote behavioral response. Okay, so, so let's talk a little
0: bit about the LifeNot project itself and how it works.
5: Well, the LifeNot project is set uh, to be geoethical, and by, by our
2: definition, mm-hmm.
5: that, that means everybody with a computer who, who has access to the Internet should have the ability to create a free LifeNot account. And in that account, you essentially can upload anything that's digitizable. So video, audio, books, text. And the point in the beginning is to create a rich collection, not just of information about yourself, but things that you value or that are expressions of what we'll call your mannerisms, attitudes, beliefs, values. And we're taking a very wide interpretation. We're saying we don't know yet what future mindware, AI software that that organizes and does pattern recognition to represent your consciousness or to actually helps transfer that into another environment we don't know what information is being will be important over other information so we're encouraging people to upload just about anything that they find valuable interesting or unique to them so videos books that you've read songs that you've composed poetry that you've written uh, places that you've visited uh, points in time Across the timeline of your life. So,
0: once a person joins uh, LifeNot, which, by the way, uh, in, in its very basic level, is in fact free. Absolutely. They, they and, upload
5: and on the mind file, creating a mind file will, will always be free.
0: Okay. Uh, they upload pictures, videos, documents, and create a digital archive. What happens with that?
5: Well, that as time goes on, that information uh, will be more and more used and accessed by the AI uh, software and, and custom engine that we're creating to better and better represent you. For example, if and and to test that and to start to get feedback from that, you can also create your own two you know two point five D avatar by uploading a digital picture of yourself, uh, kind of a face head on picture, and that. Picture gets turned into um, a talking, blinking, sort of somewhat moving for your head uh, kind of avatar, and that's what you—that's what visitors to Life Not see right now when they see Mia, is they see someone who's had a photograph uploaded, and it's ma- mesh mapped onto a polygon head, and that is connected to the mind file. So when we are teaching her about the Life Not project, we literally go in and. Uh, have conversations with her, because she learns through conversation. And so so can your avatar start to learn about you.
0: So, uh, okay, I guess uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out now, do I interact with my avatar? Do I interact with other avatars? Do other do avatars interact with my avatar? What? So,
4: actually, uh, I, I think I've been playing with this all afternoon, so what I think happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, um, yeah. is that You go into your your guide or to teach, and then the guide will ask you questions, which you can then answer. And then at the end, you can have a conversation with your avatar to sort of see how it reacts and teach it better. And then in teach, you have a conversation with your avatar to sort of teach it yourself.
5: Correct. And, And there's a third option, which is right now there's three avatars that you can choose to have an avatar someone else's avatar, talk with your avatar. And you get to represent your avatar in that conversation. So if you go to, t- if you go to um, Conversation, I think it is, you can choose myself, Nick, or, uh, or Mia to pose questions and play the other side of the conversation. And then you actually get to type in the responses. And that's teaching your avatar how to respond to questions that someone might pose in the future. Um, or conversations that cover the same topic.
4: Now, now Bruce, I I have a question for you, and you may not know the answer to this. As I was playing with this, um, at the end of one of my guide little surveys, I was chatting with myself a little bit, and it asked me, how is Roland? What?
5: (laughs) Where did that come from? Like, I didn't Um, put in
4: anything with Roland. Where did Roland come from?
5: Well, Roland is... Roland and some of the other random things that are there are some of the fallback conversation items that are still in her brain and it, it or your brain or the brain of your avatar and they only get superseded because we wanted to give the brain some basic way to start having a conversation or else it would be it would be like waiting for three years to talk to have a conversation just like you'd wait you know three years to talk with a kid uh, verbally. Um, So there's some basic conversation that isn't you, that's part of every chatbot engine. But what's interesting is the more often you have your own conversations, the more you build up these lines of conversation, as we call them, um, the more it starts to choose and want to choose those over anything else. And that's uh, unique to the avatars that we've created. We've noticed that at about a thousand lines of conversation, that could take you about two weeks, three weeks of solid conversation that you really start to see some uh, noticeable consistency in just you kind of information. And you also, and you can check this in your setting, um, your comment, there's also a setting that says talk to just you or talk to you plus. And if it's checked, talk to you plus, you're actually talking to people who um, have all talked to each other. So that's a setting to check, and I can you know, kind of send you an email about that later. It's really?
0: funny because when I was talking, uh, and I've been having extended conversations with Mia. <laughs> and uh, this, Yeah, how's it, it going? Uh, sometimes it goes very well. Other times it just goes around in circles.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mia is operating in about 500 lines of, of conversation right now. She's, uh. she's got she has a ways to go. But I asked her
0: if she knew you, and she does. Mm-hmm. And when I asked who you were, she replied, the image of me.
5: Oh, oh, oh. that's interesting because, you know, I was, uh, myself and Nick are, you know, basically her parents, people who taught taught her everything she knows. And um, at one point or another, you know, she asked, who are you? What is your name? And uh, that's interesting. I've never seen that response. So I'll have to look at the logs on that one.
3: um, Just just listening to this discussion here, it really seems to me that there's an application you haven't considered, and that's deliberately creating an avatar like this for a fictional character as a corporate spokesman. For example, Marvel Comics could download the script of every Spider-Man comic of the last 40 years and say, Here's Peter Parker. Here's Spider-Man. Talk to him on our website.
2: Oh, that, awesome. oh, that would be wow. so great sweet. Yeah. That would be so cool.
5: Well, here, you want to know, you guys, here's the good news. We actually have uh, something called the History Lives Project, where we're trying to encourage people to work together to bring back to life through the avatars uh, historical figures like Abraham Lincoln or Susan B. Anthony or Gandhi. Amazing. And that, and we actually have we have a, ju- a class of junior high students in the fall. We're going to start working on Abraham Lincoln because it's part of the curriculum. But you know, we would be with the right kind of permission. Because we're going to get in trouble with DC Comics. We would love to support that. That's that's an, that would be something that people could sign up and work on as a group. That'd be amazing. And
4: you know, people
5: would. Oh, and okay. you know, they would love that. And so, wouldn't
2: thank it, you for awesome that idea. That
4: we be to have a robot smart- dressed up as Spider-Man at Comic Con. With that
1: AI downloaded into it. Isn't oh, that what right. they tried to do with... Um, what? With... Um, what, um, Disney? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> with uh, Philip K. Dick. Isn't that what oh, they tried right. to do? Oh,
5: that's you're right. You're absolutely right. They did but attempt But then it
1: was stolen. That's yeah, and that's,
5: and that's David Hansen's work. That's who made our robot, Dena you know, 48, oh, who's, okay. who's more advanced than Philip K. Dick, according to David Hansen, not according to us. Yeah. And that's our goal. That's why she's in our offices. She is going to be the first robot to have a mind file fully integrated into her response. Right now, it's, there's a lot of programming and we've you know, done a lot of transcribing, but our goal in the next 12 months is to have her mind file, the mind file of the real Bina, who's Bina Rothblatt, um, married to our founder funder, Martin Rothblatt, but is to have that mind file connected to the robot. And all you, you know, if your listeners want to see how Bina responds right now. They can just type in Bina48. She's getting quite the, uh, quite the ride on publicity the last couple of months.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh, the kind of uh, interviews that Bina48 48, 40, 48 has been doing. Because uh, oh. I, I happened to see one of them, and uh, I think it was with the uh, New, uh, New York Times writer. Yeah,
5: Amy Amy
0: Harmon. Yes, it was Amy Harmon. And Amy grew <laughs> increasingly frustrated over the course of the interview.
5: <laughs> well you know, it's so interesting how we've watched now we've had the um we've had folks from uh, Dean Kane's new T V series that's gonna come out on the Discovery Channel came up and interviewed and shot for a whole day with being a forty eight being interviewed um, with myself and Nick and David Hansen and a and a wonderful interviewer. And you know, their attitude was, wow, this is really cool and interesting and when she would make mistakes or say things that were silly You know, they would just cut her slack like you'd cut, you know, like a 4 year old slack if she just blurts out something nonsensical. And then we have people on the other end who come with some real clear expectations. And I think Amy said in her article that she was hoping to have the first interview with a new species of humanoid. And when, you know, that didn't quite go as, as well as she was expecting, you know, everybody's human. They have their own reactions, their disappointments. And um, we're trying to get better at managing expectations by telling people that she's not, um, you know, she's not Zoe on Africa at this point. She's she's being a forty-eight in Vermont, and um, you know,
4: so, wait, wasn't she, didn't I she was kind of like an old woman, Val?
5: An Say again? Woman?
4: Did she look like an older woman?
5: Uh, who? The robot yeah she
0: does actually if you look at the link that we'll have on our website it's in the wave right now there's a really good
5: photo of her as well so what i'm
4: thinking is maybe um, she wouldn't have as, have had as high an expectation if she had looked like a four-year-old child
5: you yeah know, good I mean? point excellent point yeah yeah she she's fa- a faithful reproduction uh albeit an artistic portrait versus a photograph of the real bina who is herself 54 you know, 55 years old and uh, she's called Bina 48 because Bina was 48 when uh, when she was first cast with the, the, flu- the fresh flesh l- rubber called rubber.
1: Oh wow! Now Bruce, you you mentioned Caprica and what they kind of did there, um, and we have a lot of science fiction fans, obviously, because we're sci-fi fa- sa- sci-fi Saturday night. Spit yeah, it out, know. honey. It's the no, best. I know. I thought this was
3: cooking with with eggs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I just wondered you know have, do you guys are, are, do you see some of the things that are going on in sci-fi now and say well this is what we are hoping to aspire to You know, I just saw something where they were talking about how um, some of our modern our more modern creations that have come out were because somebody happened to see Metropolis when they were a kid or they happened to see some science fiction movie or read H.G. Wells about something when they were a kid, and they were like, hey, I need to make that happen.
5: Well, I I know from personal experience, because I've talked with Martine Rothblatt, who is, you know, she was the inventor of Sirius Satellite Radio, and she's 100% behind this project. This is one of her visions is to give everybody the opportunity to have this kind of transcendent technological immortality that she is a huge fan of Star Trek and also a huge reader of Robert Heinlein. So I Will Fear No Evil, Stranger in a Strange Land. These are things that um, when I was a kid, I was reading about them. And we're very, you know, we're very, like, inspired. And what's really cool is four years ago when I first started on this project, people were talking to me in the mainstream like, you're nuts. And now, yeah. now there's, like, Caprica? And, you know, things that are becoming more and more mainstream where the transfer of consciousness is slowly trying to get into the mainstream conversation. And as I mentioned earlier, we've created our own sci-fi feature that has been completed and we're on the road, actually. I spent part of my time on the road going to the film festivals to try to find distribution for 2B. The era of flesh is over is the tagline.
1: Sticks and and uh, stones won't
5: break my bones, so you can imagine yeah. how I feel about being called names. <laughs> if people want to check it. Check out the trailer. Go to two, the number two, letter B, movie.com. and wow. you can that, see. Uh, you know, it has James Remar who plays Dexter's dad and, on uh, the TV series, and Kevin Corrigan who's awesome. He's been in Pineapple Express <laughs> and a lot of other things. So anyway, and
0: Kim, who's hot, by the way.
5: Jane, oh, Kim right. is, Jane Kim is the new trans. She is the first trans beeman, the first transitional bioelectric human. Wow. And, and the movie is about... is unlikely. <laughs> it's about her creating a crime, and then the question is, is she responsible? Does she have legal rights? Does she exist? Or is she just a tool? And the uh, corporation is responsible for her crime. So it's really interesting. Uh, Sci-Fi Australia called it Thinking person's hard edge science fiction movie. Wow!
2: Yeah.
5: And the link for the uh, for the uh, website to
0: that film will also be on our website say, uh, as as soon as the uh, as soon as the talk cast is posted. Awesome! This is, Thank you so this
5: much.
0: Is, oh, you're very welcome. Are you kidding me? This this looks really cool. And uh, I got to tell you, you know. I started off, uh, and I heard about this through the interview that was done. You guys did for NPR.
5: Mm. My wife heard it and was driving. Oh, the 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 word of mouth, New Hampshire Public Radio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yep, that was last week. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and, and she said, you know, this sounds like something you should probably check out. And I looked at it, and Kriana looked at it, and she gave it the old scientific critical eye. And I gave mm-hmm. it the, uh, the... I have
4: the, to. It's my job.
0: Well, yeah, no, I understand that. And, and I gave it the holy shit look. You know, and that was <laughs>
4: my take on it. By the way, you all listeners, I had a semi-scientific conversation with Bruce, and I have resolved to get more information before I pass any sort of <laughs> pseudo-scientific
5: judgment. Thank you. Well, you know, <laughs> you're, I think what's going to be interesting is in February, uh, National Geographic has been working for... Three months on a on an update about robots around the world. And they just came and spent a whole day with us this week, uh, taking taking portrait pictures, I guess, of Una 48 and talking about the Life Not Project. So it's actually going to show up in National Geographic, which means I don't know what that means, but it means. Oh, okay, Trust
3: okay. You know. me when you
4: get Cell Nature Science.
5: Uh, <laughs> got it. It means
3: you'll be featured in a magazine that has its own theme song.
0: The reality is that there's a huge amount of skepticism towards anything like this that wants to become cutting edge. There's been skepticism about the ability to be able to do this for the past 75 years, uh, beginning as far back as uh, Arthur C. Clarke's uh, Caves of Steel, Robert Heinlein's. Uh, Moon is a Harsh Mistress, and probably well before that as well, although that's where I kind of got my grounding in uh, cybernetics and uh, augmented human beings. And, I mean, we've we've gone through the whole routine of it. And then to, to stumble upon your website and, and see, all right, you're going to upload your personality. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> let's, let's start with the fact that I've got a really
5: twisted personality and move forward from there. <laughs> Great. And we need diversity. That's part of our values. Joyful, joyful equality well, and, and diversity. That's great. i got
0: to tell you, I tried to register under the dome and it didn't like it. <gasps> oh. I'm
2: registered oh. under Kriana. I'm registered now under E-A Terrell. T-E-R-R-E-L. <laughs> Kriana, we're going to have the ladies talking to one another. It's going to be awesome. It will be awesome. And you guys,
5: you guys know that you can email your avatars once you've created them, right? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So once you create them, you can share them. You can send it to your you note. Know.
1: Oh, awesome! I we'll like have to get friends it. on the site. Elizabeth. Can I I custom an wait? avatar for Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> oh.
5: yeah. That would be awesome. Absolutely, certainly. We will we'll help you, know, you do that.
3: Oh I my God! It'll really erase itself in a fit of
5: depression. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh,
1: I can't uh, wait I, to. I guess I just
5: want to say one thing. One thing more is that. Um, in terms of, you know, evaluating the the credibility, I mean, this is a scientific experiment from our perspective which means living the question, not sort of banging people over the head with an answer. But I think as long as, you know, man picked up or man and woman picked up together the first tool, that's all technology is. It's just like when we were scratching out, you know, pictures of animals. We wanted to communicate something beyond what was happening in the moment. We want to talk about what's important, and that's what we're doing with technology. It's a paintbrush. And that's what we're trying to do at LifeNot, is help people use technology to pass on the essence of what their humanity, what their wisdom, and what their you know, oddities are for preservation, instead of just a few people having a, you know, a statue made for them or a book written about them. This is, this is the democracy now of, of the digital age for everybody's personality.
1: Most
0: humanoids have the potential to be irrational. Perhaps you should attempt to access that part of your psyche. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Bruce, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been so. A welcome,
5: you guys, it's lovely getting to know your show too. Awesome.
0: Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Hey X, guess what? <laughs> it's about that time, isn't it? Yeah, looking at the clock, man.
4: Uh,
3: yep. Uh, oh there. my. On the coming-up calendar here, next week, editor Jeff Burke will take us to the fringe of fearsome fiction with Bizarro Press Horror Publishing, the most disgusting horror you've ever read. And then on (laughs) August 14th, artist Jason Casey shows off his sci-fi styles. And sometime after that, we will be having famous Superman scribe Elliot S. Magan and our friends at... Science. What was that? Where were we today? sci Fright.
1: Sa- Something like that. Saturday Fright Special. Saturday Fright Special. Sorry, guys, we're on a
3: roll here. That's be closer to Halloween, but Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Pump Pumpart House. And of course, for original art, visit PumpartHouse dot House.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes.
0: Don't. I want to very much thank Andrew and Elizabeth from Black Coach Redemption for the Topic the Life Mod Project for joining us tonight from the far side of Monster Island, Illustrator X, and the Dead Redhead. Thanks for being with us. Goodbye, uh, thank guys.
2: Thanks, guys. It's been awesome.
0: Thank you. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait from Mm -hmm. the Austin Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, sitting at her soundboard, the Elkabong of Science Fiction Podcast. Grianna, thank you for all you do. You're welcome. And this is the Dome here in Area 51 saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.
2: Good Good night. Good night. Sweet!